And happy, happy Friday. Uh, and welcome to another Unconscious with me, your friend Jake Hall. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We have a weekend off. I mean, goodness gracious, the UFC has just been cranking these suckers out every freaking weekend as of late. And your boy is hardcore. He's hardcore. I love it. I've loved it for a long time, but sometimes I need a break, man. I don't always have six hours to sit around on a Saturday, mid-afternoon to evening. I mean, uh, I mean, at least, you know, football's seasonal. You know, this is a year-round commitment, guys. And sometimes they just take too much from me. They take too much from me. Um, so it's nice to get a little break every once in a while. We've got a fun Bellator card, though, um, tonight, Friday night. This might not come out before then, but uh, but if you do catch it or if you're interested, you know, we got the Musasi and John Salter title fight over in Bellator. Should be a really good one. Um, man, Gegard's one of those guys I really miss seeing in the UFC. I 100% miss seeing him. He is as good as they get. Um, and just so underrated, I think, for his uh, his record. I mean, what is his record? It is something ridiculous. Um it is like 50 and 6 or something like that. He's had a million fights and he's still really young, super elite. Uh yeah, 47 7 and 2. You know, just an insane record, an insane amount of experience. I mean, fought in pride for God's sakes. Um and is still just still doing it. Been around forever. Um I really miss him cuz I think Gegard Mousasi is one of the best in the world. One of the best middleweights in the world, hands down. I'll argue that all day with anybody. Um so yeah, that's a fun little card. That's a fun little card tonight. We get Korshkov's on the card, um, Magomed Magomedov. Uh, there's there's some good fighters fighting um, tonight on that uh, on that Bellator card. So um, we got that. We got that. But aside from aside from that, it's pretty uh, pretty quiet weekend. But still plenty plenty of bullshit. Uh, plenty of bullshit to talk about. That's for sure. Since uh, since I'm already on the kind of on the Bellator train right now. A fun, a fun announcement that came out this week is uh, Yoel Romero finally, finally kind of signing a bout, or I guess officially announcing a fight over in Bellator against uh, Phil Davis. Phil Davis. Um, I need to look up that date. I can't remember what the date was. I think it's um in the next in the next month or two. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I know we were all really looking forward to that that light that light heavyweight Grand Prix, and um, and Yoel fighting uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, um, but that that fight fell through due to some kind of a medical uh, medical prevention or medical issue or whatever. Um, I think it had to do with Yoel Romero's eye. But uh, aside from that, he's back in action. Back in action. Gonna fight Phil Davis. Um, should be a solid solid fight i mean phil davis another one of those guys that was tearing it up at the top of the heap in ufc made the move over to bellator you know he's held the belt over there just had a lot of really good matchups um i mean as good as it gets and him and yoel is a really fun fun matchup so that was a fun exciting announcement i'm glad we'll see hopefully we get to see yoel back in action i mean he's one of the more i mean for being as old as he is and and for being you know it's it just he's as, as fun as it gets to watch in mma I mean, who doesn't like watching Yoel Romero? So that was a fun, uh, that was a fun um, announcement. Uh, man, we got uh, – this was uh, – I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I, I was having a lot of fun. Me and my boys were watching it, watching a bunch of the highlights. I mean, it's just a fun time of, of the year. I mean, or every four years or whatever. It's just a fun time. You don't always get to see it. <laughs> 
Um, and man, uh, it, the wrestling was something that I was looking forward to at the absolute most. Um, I knew we had a really good team this year uh, and was super, super impressed with uh, Gable Stevenson. I, I'm sure if you're deep in the world, you're starting to hear a few rumblings about his name. Uh, and if you haven't, he's our heavyweight gold medalist for America. Um, just recently won the gold medal. Um, just been getting interviewed by freaking God and everybody about what's next, what's next, you know, and he's got a lot of options on the table, um, but it is a big question if he's going to be, if he's going to make the transition to MMA, as it typically is. It always was with Jordan Burroughs and any other type of, you know, Henry Cejudo, any top tier um, Olympic wrestler, once they really achieve the pinnacle of, you know, professional amateur wrestling, once they really achieve that, that, um, that goal, like what is the next step? Because there's not a whole lot for them, especially if they're younger, if they want to sit around and wait every four years to keep competing in the Olympics. Um, so it's always a natural question on what, 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 what's the transition going to be? Um, so yeah, he's been getting interviewed everywhere and obviously, uh, a big, um, a big desire for a lot of people to see him make the transition over over into MMA. Um, and I, and I love the idea, man. He's, he was getting interviewed saying that, uh, um, and I think this really stemmed from Ben Askren. Ben Askren put out a tweet about him train, if he trained 18 months specifically for MMA, you know, obviously specifically striking and integrating it with his wrestling, uh, after 18 months of like good, solid training, like who's going to beat him. Um, and he came out and kind of said that he, he believes that, you know, he believes that after 18 months of, of strict MMA training that he could be champion. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think that if you put Gable Stevenson in one of these top-tier elite camps, he goes to the American top team, he goes to Jackson Winkle John, you know, he, he goes to one of these um, elevation, like any of these top-tier camps, uh, he's going to be a real problem. He's going to be a real problem. And he for sure could compete at the highest level, 1,000%. I don't disagree with that at all. And, hey, man, that gold medal match was badass. Last second. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But 18 months, you know. It's just like, I, I get that it's fun to talk about, but I mean, 18 months of training and then go get yourself into some fights, you know, like, let's be realistic here, people. Let's be realistic. You know, you're not going to be champion in 18 months. I mean, it's a giant, huge ordeal right now that we have Cyril Ghosn as the interim heavyweight champion, and he's only been training for like three years, you know? Um, so I, I get it. I get it. I'm just kind of poking fun. Um, but I mean, we've, we've seen top tier, I mean, uh, athletes from other sports make the transition it is not the same sport, you know, like it's easy for me to say, I'm just some schlub. I get it. I get it. But it, you know, we had Ronda Rousey come over, you know, uh, an Olympic medalist, you know, we've had, uh, we've had, uh, Brock Lesnar come over, you know, and, and I saw DC, I saw DC um, say that he likes the idea of Gable going over to WWE first and taking that route to where he can really build up more of a fan draw. 
he can, you know, he can build his name while building his MMA skills, like training in MMA while he's kind of competing and making his name in the WWE. And then when he's really kind of polished and ready and he can bring the fans over, he really will be able to command the, the most top of the line fights right off the bat. And um, it'll give him time to kind of polish up his skills. So I totally agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we've seen top tier athletes come over and it doesn't always pan out. It does. I mean, he sh by all means should have an advantage by all means should have an advantage. And I l l love the idea of him coming over. I mean, that, I mean, he, he's as exciting as it comes. I mean, he weighs, what was he weigh? 260 pounds and he's doing backflips through the air. I mean, he's as athletic as it gets, obviously has, uh, some pretty good wrestling skills, um, I mean, he is just, I mean, perfect to come over to MMA. So I hope we do. I hope we do. I'm just joking, obviously, about the whole 18-month thing. But, um, you know, a, a kind of a connected, similar example that you won't, de you definitely won't hear as much about is Bouchesha. We got Marcus Bouchesha, Marcus Bouchesha Almeida. There we go. Marcus Almeida, nickname Bouchesha for all of you um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu neophytes. But um, if you don't know who Marcus Almeida is, Bouchesha, he is arguably, and it may not even be argued, the most decorated, greatest Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor that's ever existed. I mean, you, you can talk about a, a handful of others, but, I mean, he's a 13-time world champion. He's a two- or three-time uh, Abu Dhabi champ, gold medalist. I mean... You do not get more better or, or more decorated or more dominant in the jiu-jitsu world than Bouchesha does. And it's been a huge, a huge thing with him on when will he make that move to MMA. And he's making his move. I mean, he is making his debut in one championship uh, on September 24th. So this next month, we're going to see Bouchesha finally make his MMA debut. Um, and it's just kind of it's kind of interesting because I mean nobody's really talking about that. I don't hear any any. You might hear that like the week before the fight, you know, if there's not a whole hell of a lot else going on. But uh, I mean, talking about one of the most dominant grapplers, 13-time world champion. You know, he's gold medaled in the the largest you know competition venue that you can in Abu Dhabi in the ADCC championships. Medaled gold medaled in that multiple times. I mean, he is as decorated in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as you can absolutely get. Um, and he's been training, I think, an American top team for a couple years now or months, you know, uh, for a good long while um, kind of preparing for his debut. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of we have these two two characters in the grappling world, Bouchesha and Jiu-Jitsu. We got Gable Stevenson and wrestling, you know, and the talk about them coming over into – MMA and I and if you've listened to me before I've ranted about this you know it's not the same sport it's not there are so many Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts who can't I mean they all they, they get 85% of their game nullified when they step in the cage and there's a lot of wrestlers that are the same way if they can't implement some type of if they have to stay on the feet I mean they're uh, they are a shark out of water you know, and the same thing with the jiu-jitsu guys. Like, if they cannot take you down, then they're stuck, you know, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys have, you know, hilariously bad takedowns 
in, in MMA. I mean, there are so few guys that really can put it together. Super polished MMA wrestling, MMA grappling, MMA jiu-jitsu. It is its own thing. And so to say, you know, to say like, oh, I'll just be able to implement my game, you know, that's that's the thing. It's, it's just such a, um, just a shallow view of the sport because yes, you may be able to do that. You might blow all of our hair back and, and impress us all, but even Bushesha, Bushesha as, as dominant as it comes. But if, if somebody can keep him from taking them down and keep him on the feet and, and we get to see how laughable his striking skills are, then it, you know, it just might not transition well. You know, it just it just is an issue that happens. You know, we all know Damian Maya. Damian Maya was as good as it gets in grappling. I mean, and he was able to compete at really high levels. But whenever those top tier guys can figure that out, and they can, you know, in the heavyweight divisions, the the Cyril Gan, you know, the 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 John Joneses of the world, you know, even the Inganus of the world, they're gonna they're gonna be able to deal with that. You know, so yeah, it's just interesting. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of very interesting talent that we can all get excited about coming over to the sport. Um, and I really do. I hope we see Gable Stevenson over there because he is a really exciting character, super exciting. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to go to WWE, if he's going to come over to MMA right away, if he's going to do, he said something about football or going back to school. That's probably not going to happen, but, uh, but yeah, just super interesting, super interesting. Um, and I hope we see something out of it. I, I, I have all the respect in the world for that guy um, and would love to see him make the move over to, uh, to our great sport. So that was a, uh, that was a really interesting one. Um, and I really hope that uh, Bushesha actually does something exciting. You know, I don't want to see him look ridiculous on his feet. Um, I hope that he, uh, I hope he's able to put on a pretty good performance over in one and whether he makes his name over there, a lot of the, a lot of the jujitsu guys are making their him, Gary Tonin, um, I think, uh, Gordon Ryan is supposed to be over there. They all, um, they're all like airing towards going to the, to one championship, but you know, you never, you never know. You never know. Once he kind of builds up, a builds up a record, we might see him over in the UFC one day. You might see him in Bellator. Who knows? Uh, we had a, uh, um, coming up on, man, when is it? Is it the next? Fight night. Let me check. In Cannoneer and Gastelum. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a 266 or one. I can't remember. I got to find the date. But Kevin Lee, um, Kevin Lee and uh, Brady. Uh, freaking, man, why am I blanking? This is so amateur. So amateur. Um, I'll find it. But, anyways, Kevin Lee was out of a fight. Um, this last week and was uh, calling out freaking everybody. Everybody did not. Sean Brady. There we go. We were supposed to get Kevin Lee and Sean Brady um, on August 28th on the fight night between Barboza and Chikadze. But um, Sean Brady, I think I think it was a COVID issue. Sean Brady ended up having to fall out. This is the second time that fight's fallen out. Um, and it's a terrible shame because that should be a fire fight. I love the Sean Brady, Kevin Lee matchup, but it's not meant to be. Uh, Sean Brady's not in it anymore, but Kevin Lee did not want to postpone his fight. He was calling out pretty much everybody, everybody. Um, and, and I love some of the names he was calling out, calling out, uh, um, the likes of Mike Perry, uh, um, Bully B. I mean, all kinds of guys, all kinds of guys. So I, I was really sad that Mike Perry didn't jump at the chance, uh, 
because that that sounded like a really good matchup. And it's really interesting looking at uh, uh, Mike Perry's response because typically, you know, if you know Mike Perry, you know he's not gonna he's typically not gonna turn that kind of stuff down. I mean, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. But as of late, he's been completely changing his uh, his approach. I guess you know he's kind of fallen on hard times. He's been struggling as of late. You know, coming up with more uh, more losses than he would care to have. Um, and and I think he's just trying to be measured and mature. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm always conflicted in these types of scenarios because you get a guy like Mike Perry, that's who he was. That's what made him who he was. That's what made him exciting. And that's just how he, he kind of built his name and his career was being a freaking wild man. And, uh, and now being a little more mature and measured – like, yeah, I mean, he, he's probably taking fights when he shouldn't have, or he's probably not being as disciplined or doing whatever, and that may have contributed to why he was losing. Um, and, and so reeling him in, kind of giving the control over to his coaches and his team to help strategically make some of these choices, uh, that might help his career. That might. But you obviously wonder if, if, if that just totally changes, like, who he is. Like, if, does he – do we get the best Mike Perry when he's a freaking wild man? So – you know, I, I was kind of disappointed that he he seemed to be like openly turning that down because he, he just wasn't prepared to make that decision and and was letting his coaches make that decision for him. So I don't know whether I love that, hate that. I don't know. I think Mike Perry has taken. It's like one thing people don't want to give credit to is how much damage that dude has taken. I mean, he he has been in nothing but just wars, man. Had his face destroyed by Luke. I mean. Just taking so much damage. Uh, but anyways, that, that was kind of a, an offsided rant. But uh, if you listen to me for any time, you know I have been riding Daniel Rodriguez's balls hard all year long. And uh, we finally got the announcement that uh, Daniel Rodriguez is going to be the boy stepping in up against Kevin Lee, which I love. I am all about that. I mean – like I just said, I've been riding his nuts all year long since last year, uh, and, and I just think Daniel Rodriguez is one of the the funner guys to watch right now. He is as game as it come. I mean, he fought, and he just wants to fight. He's literally one of these guys. Like I just want to stay active, stay active, stay active, stay active, get better, and that is how you get better. Live, live work in the cage is just how you get good, how you gain experience, you know. And he's gaining so much experience over this last year. I mean, in 2020, he had one, two, three, four fights in 2020 and has already had two this year, and this will be his third. So, I mean, within basically within a year and a half, he'll have had like seven fights. So, I mean, he's just trying to stay in there and, and isn't calling anybody particular out. He's just looking for opportunities just like this one, staying in shape, jumping in the cage, you know, trying to compete, trying to work his way up and compete with better and better guys. So I, I love it, man. I love his attitude. I think he's a really exciting guy in the cage. He's got some really good striking skills. He's big for the division, big, strong guy for the division. Um, but Kevin Lee, man, Kevin Lee, I mean, is uh, cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. I mean, this will probably be one of, uh, if not the biggest test for um, for Daniel Rodriguez. I mean, he he's faced, you know, he faced Tim Means, Mike Perry, you know, he's had a couple he's had a couple top top guys, very competitive guys, um, and he's bested them. So, you know, he's been proving himself. He's his only loss in the UFC 
has been a decision loss to Nicholas Dalby. Um, but him going up against Kevin Lee, it's going to be a tough cookie to solve. Tough cookie to solve. Kevin Lee, um, I mean, obviously he's got the ability to knock you out, as we saw with, Ke- with, with Gregor Gillespie. I mean, he's got insane wrestling and grappling ability. He's fast. He's quick. Um, this should be a really, really good fight. So it was unfortunate that we lost that Sean Brady fight again. But, uh, but the fact that Daniel Rodriguez is going to step in there um, and face Kevin Lee, I love it. I love it. And that's going to be the co-main event on the Edson Barboza Giga Kachazi card. Uh, and that's on August 28th. So uh, you know your boy's going to be watching that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep riding for Daniel Rodriguez. He hasn't burned me yet. I don't hate him yet. He hasn't done anything to, to turn me off yet. So don't break my heart, bro, okay? Don't break my heart. I'm rooting for you. Um, I love watching that guy fight, um, and I'm a dick rider, and I'm proud to say it. So aside from that, talking about dick riders, um, just to wrap, I mean, let's see. What, what else we got? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Man, finally, finally. We get we get the announcement. We get the announcement. Uh, um, Anderson Silva versus Tito Ortiz. Thank the good Lord, this is happening. We've all been screaming for it, haven't you? Haven't you? Haven't we all just been saying, when is Tito Ortiz gonna box? When are we gonna get to see? There's all these cool, fun celebrity boxing matches and old legends fights. You know, Anderson Silva's getting in there. Vitor Belfort's getting in there. When are we going to see old Tito? When are we going to see Tito getting there? I can't wait, everyone. That's what I heard. I heard the, the media saying that. I heard the fans saying that. I mean, if you can't sense my sarcasm, then I can't help you. But we got announced that Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz will be now boxing each other um, on the undercard of the Vitor Belfort Oscar De La Hoya fight. And this is through Triller again. You know, those good folks and good friends over at uh, Triller Fight Club. You know, class, 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 all the way. Um, man, I don't even know what to think about this kind of stuff. You know, I've talked about it a couple times. I, I if you, if, I, I don't know how to feel about all these celebrity things. I keep, I, I get sucked in. I kind of like it. I kind of get pulled out of it because it seems trashy, seems dumb. And then I get pulled back in and then I get a little more interested. And I can't tell. I can't tell because I want to see good fights. That's what entertains me. <laughs> this is all entertainment. You know, I've talked, we've talked about that before. That's what this game is. It is about entertainment. And whatever you think about Jake Paul, if he should be boxing Tyron Woodley, whatever you think about, you know, Vitor Belfort, if he should be boxing Oscar De La Hoya, it doesn't really matter. Should all these YouTubers and TikTokers be having professional televised uh, boxing bouts? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. It's all about entertainment. It's like, is it entertaining? Is it entertaining because it's a circus and a freak show and we just kind of want to see somebody that we hate get knocked out? Or, 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 or something weird happen? Uh, or do we want to see skills? Like the display of, of elite level skills is what's entertaining. And like the best of the best, you know, triumphing over one another. So it doesn't really matter. It's just whatever's your cup of tea, you know? And that's why like sometimes it is entertaining. And sometimes it's an absolute garbage fire. 
I mean, an absolute dumpster fire. So I don't know what this one's going to be. I don't know what this one's going to be, but that that Triller fight night is slowly turning into old man fight club, you know? the the So, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. In all honesty, Anderson Silva in his boxing match in Mexico against um, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he looked actually really good. He looked pretty good. I mean, of all of them, Anderson Silva, I mean, he just retired from MMA. He was still competing. You know, he was still looking pretty – I mean, he was on his way out. Let's be honest. That's why he left. That's why he left, you know, and he got tuned up by Uriah Hall. But, uh, you know, he, he he's still in there mixing it up, somewhat relevant, still has a lot of skills. And then the fact that he got to go in there and just kind of have a fun boxing match, uh, he actually looked really good. So, it, man, you never know. You never know. It could uh, it could be a pretty entertaining. It could be a fun little uh, fun little contest between them. But, man, it's just one of those things that I'm like, you know, who, who is asking for that? You know, who's, who is asking for that? But they'll convince us that we wanted it. They will convince you. You know, that's what the marketing geniuses behind these organizations are paid to do is convince you that you wanted it all along. So um, aside from that, you know, the D.C. Connor, I can't I can't do it. I, I was going to talk about stuff like that. Just don't don't give it your life energy. Don't don't give it your life energy this nonsense, like focus on what matters, focus on what matters. And that's different for you. It's different for me. You know, stay off your phone, go outside every once in a while. You can't get sucked into all this bullshit. You know, I loved Conor McGregor, his, uh, his rise. I mean, I I was, uh, I mean, I'm as, I'm as, uh, I was as much of a dick rider for Conor on his rise, on his, his train to the 45-pound belt um, as anybody. Uh, I mean, I think he has more sk- – I mean, he's one of the most skilled mixed martial artists that we had ever saw. And, and he's been doing this shit since back then. But back then, I guess it was just a little more tamed, I guess, or a little more directed, like it made sense. You know, and as of late, it's just, you know, you have to keep topping your own antics. And I feel like that's what Connor's doing, and especially – after this leg break and, and his, his recent losses. I mean, everybody's arguing about, you know, if he's on his way out and if this is all ego or whatever. But it's just one of those things, you know, him him talking shit and crossing the line and then people responding and then he's got to respond back and then it just turns into some some big shit show, you know, and then everybody and it just keeps his name relevant while his leg's broken. He's just buying time until he's healed and then he can command another fight. You know, it's like a, a lot of normal guys like that that would break their leg, you know, Chris Weidman being one or or, or even Dominic Cruz back in the day when he was out for two years because of his knees or whatever. Like they would just go away and they would show back up in two years. Like Connor will not allow that to happen. So it's just it's a bunch of drama and it's just guys, uh, you know, just it's just being ridiculous. So I can only give so much of my life force to it. I'm here to enjoy myself. You know, like I said, I need a break every once in a while, too. I, I mean, if it's too much, it's too much, you know. Just turn it off. You don't have to watch every single fight. You don't have to listen to every single ounce of drama. Uh, so take a break every once in a while. Think about what matters. That's my TED Talk. That's my sermon for today, okay? It's not what you signed up for, but it's what you got, all right? I can't help myself. Like I said, I fasted last week. I'm spiritual, okay? And I've been thinking about it a lot. And... um. Yeah, so I'll end on that so that uh, 
maybe the three people that uh, listened to this made it to the end. But I love you. I appreciate if you if you made it to the end. Um, and if you did, you know what to do. And I'll talk to you next time.